Oh, hi there. Angela Scanlon here on the Graeme Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Thank you for joining me. We'll be chatting to a few fab guests, seeing what show chef Martha has to offer this week and reflecting on some of Graeme Norton's greatest bits from his last three years here at Virgin Radio. So let's get started, shall we? Today on the show, Tony Curran joins me to chat about his new Sky original series, Mary and George. Show chef Martha Collison is making soup and flatbreads delicious. And we'll be revisiting Graham's interviews with none other than Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny. Let's get cracking. It's time to welcome my first guest. Tony Curran is with me. I'm looking at a picture of you here, Tony. I have to say, the cardigan is lovely, although not quite as striking as as this particular image, which is, I feel very iconic and quite fashion forward. And there's a pearl earring, a single pearl earring hanging from your lobe. There's a gauzy shirt wide open. There's a, a chain snaking across a bare chest. It's it's. It's quite a vibe. Yes, I feel uh, I, 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 it's a bit of a boring contemporary look today. I heard you talking <laughs> earlier on there, Angela, and I was like, oh, where's my crown? Where's my pearl earring? Honestly. Where's my fur? Was, was Annie Simmons, my fur, was Annie Simmons, our wonderful uh, um, uh, head of wardrobe uh, who, who designed the show. So, yeah, sometimes we wear outfits in the show and, and sometimes you're pretty much wearing a nothing but a smile in okay. your birthday suit. You okay, know? yeah, yeah. Which one do you prefer? Well, uh, it's quite liberating, uh, dro- dro- dropping trow, if you, if you, if you, yeah. I can put it like that. <laughs> sure, But at the did. same time, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting if people watch it, I'm sure yeah. they'll uh, all will be revealed, pun pun intended, yes. Um, So, you're King James in Mary and George, right? Yes. It's been compared to the Tudors and to Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Does that feel does that feel fair? No. No, right. There you go. <laughs> Is that too ambitious? No, or what I think are you thinking? Uh, I, I liked uh, the Tudors. I've yeah. watched a little bit of Bridgerton. But I think I'll show... Um, uh, I think all of these sort of historical, uh, uh, dramatic uh, uh, stories, they do have a little bit of poetic licence, of course. And of Benjamin Woolley's novel is a lot of it's based on fact. There is uh, a dramatisation. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say, in my opinion, our show uh, seems to be a little bit more visceral, a bit more gritty, um, very cutting. Um, not that those other shows aren't, uh, but um, I think there's a, uh, there's a darkness about this that sort of goes on a very sort of... A, um, sort of intricate journey with some of the characters Mary Villiers who we haven't heard from much we have people don't know much about Julianne Moore plays and uh, her rise throughout society is an incredible as- ascension yeah. um, they're buried in Westminster Abbey Mary George and King James so uh, she um, she was sort of lowly um, aristocracy and she sort of made her way throughout the ranks so um, it's, a, it's an incredible story about her King James we don't know too much about either whether he was because he was a Scot put on an English throne Mm-hmm. He's obviously uh, a queer king as well, so there's those aspects to it. But it's quite a it's quite a complex uh, uh, story. Angela, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of uh, you know, as you mentioned, dramatisation of of the royals to play a character that actually does feel quite unknown, where there might not be a massive amount of. Um, uh, you know, people Television don't necessarily or yeah, have a point seen. of reference. Yeah, indeed. For him, must have been exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Henry VIII, Queen Elizabeth, Victorian era, uh, the Edwardian era. Maybe we hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only a short time period, the Jacobean period, uh, twenty years. Um, 
uh, King James was on the throne uh, there. During that time, he brokered peace with France and Spain, you know, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth beforehand. There was lots of wars then. Um, Jamestown, of course, is, is one of the um, uh, the first, what's well, the first um, British colony in the Americas. Uh, the King James Bible that's still in hotel rooms these days, he yeah. translated. Uh, wasn't a fan of smoking. Okay. Uh, yeah, he wrote a paper For on smoking. Time. He was sort of the first anti-smoking campaign. <laughs> but then when he realised it was um, fiscally uh, and economically... Um, you know, uh, advantageous to him. He Said was he like, all right, fair enough, we'll take it in. Okay. But, um, and um, he wrote a thing called Demonology about witches as well. So he was a, a little... Um, what, he was a witch hunter? Yeah, well, very much so. Uh, the beginning of uh, Macbeth, the Scottish play. As a redhead, play, yeah, as a redhead. How very daring. <laughs> Surely we're not like that. But the beginning of Macbeth, because um, uh, Queen Anne was uh, sailing over from uh, Denmark to Edinburgh twice, and twice she got caught in these terrible storms, and he blamed those storms on these three women, which were either hung or burnt at the stake. Bless them. And uh, a certain William Shakespeare heard about this, and it was a sort of inspiration for him for the three witches in the beginning of the Scottish play Macbeth. Wow. Yes. Okay, mm. so very influential. His father was blown up, his mother was jailed and executed, so he was a, yes. he was a paranoid chap, it's somewhat, fair to say, uh, Somewhat traumatic beginning. Lord yeah. Downley was assassinated, blown up. Mary, Queen of Scots, um, was uh, eventually uh, executed by Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Benjamin Woolley, the lovely Benjamin Woolley who wrote the novel, I talked to him about it in depth, and he said that what we came up with, what he came up with was that King James was nourished in fear. Yeah, so um, it's being having that sort of um, pressure. He was kidnapped when he was like uh, 12 years old as well for a year. So um, uh, and he used to wear his, his doublet was always padded in case he, he felt someone was going to stab him. Okay, so right. um, I guess there was a, a little bit of trauma there. So his yeah. paranoia was um, well, you know, it was understandable, well founded indeed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Julianne Moore as Mary Villiers, you mentioned, and Nicholas. Galitzine, Galitzine. Yeah. Took me okay. about six months, and I've still, I still get it wrong. Okay. Now. He forgives me for that, I think. <laughs> I hope he forgives me too. Um, how it's been remarked that her accent is fantastic. Did you help her? I mean, her. Actually, yeah, I don't think I needed to help Julianne. She was she nailed it. When I first met her, actually, I, I was like, hey, Julianne, how are you? And she's like, so nice to meet you, Tony. Where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Glasgow. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're gonna, your accent, if you speak like that, you're going to trip me up. And I said, well, why? And she goes, because my mother's from Greenock. So, no uh, yeah, way. so Julianne's mother is, is from Greenock, just Makes outside uh, Glasgow there. So, okay. But I don't think I tripped her up at all because no. she... Uh, she completely nails the accent and the, the her performance is uh, is uh, is quite stunning. Yeah, Tony Curran is with me now. He stars as King James in Mary and George. All episodes will be available on Sky Atlantic and streaming services now from Tuesday, the fifth of March. Seven episodes. Scandalous true story. I love a true story. Just yes. put true in the title. I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, loosely based on fact. No, it, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it is a true story. There's a, a dramatic license, of course, poet. But you know, you have to slip that in there. You know, but, you've um, got to do that. But you know what I've loved is in every article I've read around this, it's. Scottish Tony. Tony's back to his Scottish roots because there is a kind <laughs> yes. of homecoming of sorts. You're LA based and you're you're back not only for this but for another new exciting gig. Yes, uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm doing a, a 
the prequel to Outlander, which is called Blood of My Blood, which is about um, uh, Sam and Catriona's parents. Yeah, um, both their parents, 1914, the First World War, then it goes back to 1714. I'm playing a, a gentleman. That's a very loose term, <laughs> gentleman, uh, called Lord Lovett, Simon Fraser, and uh, he um, may have been wronged somewhat and um, uh, for his lands and his title, and he, he wants vengeance. So he's a bit of a catalyst, Machiavellian okay. fellow. And, um, so and he's, do you uh, like the vengeance bit? Yes, the vengeance, yes. I shall have my vengeance. Even the way you said it, you're in like, this, vengeance. Yes, exactly. It's funny I'm seeing this line, I shall have my vengeance in this life or the next. I think a guy called Maximus Decimus Marilius said that, a.k.a. It, yeah. Russell Crowe. If I may, apparently Russell Crowe came out recently in The Guardian and said, oh, yeah, I'm actually uh, related to Lord Lovett, Simon Fraser um, of Leathers, which is true, apparently. Um, he's a distant relation to uh, Lord Lovett. So uh, it. po it's very possible that Russell may come for a set visit, you know, which I mean, will be most welcome. Fantastic. Are you related <laughs> to anyone interesting? Um, <laughs> related, probably. Uh, not, I mean, apart I'm from your sure. family, but apart anyone famous family. is what I'm asking. I don't think I am. I'm, no? I'm probably related through Martin Comson, through Celtic, you know, or yeah, Ross McCall. Boy, found but, family. Uh, found family, but um, I don't know if I, I don't think mm. I am. Have you ever no. done Who Do You Think You Are? No, I haven't. Or oh, the 23, 23 and Me. The oh, apparently that's I'd love a bag to do of words that, you don't actually. want to open up. I mean, my last name's Curran, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm when I arrived in Belfast many years ago with my brother-in-law, I I, uh, I thought it was home. I was at Larn. I was like, oh, Curran Road. Mm. I stayed at the Curran Park Hotel. But it's also interesting, my, my grandmother uh, is a Margaret Fraser. Oh. So I'm... Um, I'm actually what playing Lord. Mean? What well, means that I'm, I'm maybe I am related to Russell Crowe as to well. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so I am. I maybe I do have some Fraser blood in me. Yeah. So it is quite um, apropos that I'm. I'm playing Lord Lovett. Yeah, fantastic. And is that shot here? It's shot in Scotland, yeah, Lovely. in Glasgow and around uh, around the Highlands. Okay. So um, yeah, nice we start, I started shooting that last week. Yeah, it's nice to see Mama, Mama Mary. So um, uh, I'm close. I'm, I'm close with Mama. Okay. So it's nice. How are you to dealing with the Glasgow rain? Because in fairness, if you're in LA, I've, anyone I know who's moved to LA and they come back, all they do. I know we bang on about the weather, but like when you're away and you come back, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, of course there is that. But you know what? Recently, um, uh, global warming, or I'm not sure what's going on. There is a precipitous, it's been these crazy storms in Los Angeles okay. and in California. Um, I mean, it's a sort of a desert sort of state anyway, so it needs rain, but it has been um, a deluge. Mm. And uh, the Los Angelinos and people San Diego and other San Francisco, they haven't really been able to handle it too well. Okay. But um, I'm like, well, welcome to my world, you know. <laughs> welcome to welcome to County Mead or the south side of Glasgow or, or, or London of a, of a evening yeah. but um it's um yeah it's but it's nice to be back it was sunny in glasgow when i left but um there was, there was blue sky yesterday well, yeah. so you have to Fabulous. take it when you can it get it can. exactly and uh, are you are you a converted la man I am in the sense of uh, you know, my daughter goes to school there, Bo, and um, my wife works there. But um, it's it's really nice to come back and work in Europe. I was five months doing Mary and George, and I was based in sort of London, Notting Hill, um, and it's so convenient to pop to Paris or to go to uh, visit my nephew in Nuremberg or friends around Europe, and it's so sort of convenient. I love coming back to to work in, in Scotland, you know, or, or in or in the UK. Yeah, yeah. he'll work anywhere. <laughs> He's a job. Yeah, no, I can same, do that. Yes. Same. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely lovely 
having you in. No, thank, thank you so, you. so much. And thank best of luck with, with all Angela. of it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to the studio, Hilary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm so well. Louise Penny is also here, but she's outside getting something. I don't know what she's getting. <laughs> oh, she's back. She's back. She has notes. She has bits of paper. Okay. <laughs> it's not right. Oh, don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, now we the, can begin now. <laughs> we can. So State of Terror is the book. Uh, and I sort of assumed this was like putting together a girl group, but you knew each other previously. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> we've, we've been friends for about five years. and we... But you obviously had heard about Hillary's singing skills, the oh, whole did, girl group. Yeah, oh, yes, girl of course. Yes. yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's next. That's for next time. Yeah, um, that's your next yeah. project. <laughs> And, you know, when the idea came up, would we write a thriller together, which seemed like a kind of preposterous idea at first, um, because she's a great uh, writer. She has this wonderful series set in Quebec that I have loved for years. And I've written nonfiction, but never fiction. Anyway, we began to talk about, okay, could we do this? And because we were friends before, you know, we didn't have to go through all the, you know, preliminary stuff. Just like, what do you think? Is this a good idea? Are we going to ruin our friendship? Um, and eventually we decided, okay, I would take the leap into, you know, trying to help write fiction, and she would take the leap into having a collaborator. Right. Which, which you know, is not, uh, it's not an obvious thing. I mean, you've, you've, have you ever written with a collaborator? You've no. written a number of novels I mean, that now sounds and, annoying. Oh, you know, it was. <laughs> oh, it depends it upon the collaborator. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. No, it strikes me, though, because, it, because the book is set in, in the world of DC mm-hmm. and it's a, it, the main character is the Secretary of State, as a fiction writer, was it... How, was it ever kind of limiting that you have someone who goes, no, actually, uh, <laughs> that room, you couldn't yes. go from that room to that room? or well, the... No, that was actually really helpful. I mean, that that wasn't um, um, as annoying as one would have thought. <laughs> uh, and she did say that. She often, do you remember when you're describing your office yes, at, in right. the Secretary of State? Because mm-hmm. I had them side by side. And she said, no, you go through a conference room or whatever. And that's the kind of, I mean, the interesting thing for me in doing this um, is the telling detail, is knowing what detail to keep in, what detail to really was superfluous. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Thank you. So that's why I pointed <laughs> to Hillary when I said superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> but it does give the whole book an edge because, it, yeah, you know, it's yeah. a big thriller, it it's a big political thriller, but the, but the scenes when you're in the situation room, you kind of think, oh no, I am seeing this room through eyes yeah. that have seen and this room. And not just yeah. seeing, you're right, seeing, but also feeling. Yeah. Get that sense of what it was like for you, Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's what made it so much fun, Graham. You know, when we really got into it and our publishers were still, you know, wondering whether this would work, they said, well, how about doing an outline? And I am an outline freak. I love outlines. (laughs) This woman hasn't done an outline, you know, I don't know, since she was in school. So it was a little bit of a challenge for her. But at the end of the day, I think that's what made it possible because we got the spine of the book. We finally got the plot. Uh, that we wanted to pursue. We figured out which characters, uh, and, you know, we didn't actually start before to say, okay, we're going to have two women as the protagonists of this thriller about nuclear weapons getting in the hands of terrorists. But that's how it developed after we began to really dig into it with it's each It's quite organic, yeah. you know, the process, as, as you yeah. know. And that, that's what makes it the best. So it's trying to find that balance between having 
uh, the structure of an outline, mm-hmm. which really acted as the 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 um, backbone yeah. of this. And then, but then that then allowed us to take risks, to take chances in filling in the the organs and the heart and the soul of it. And in terms of you know, because a lot of it is kind of ripped from the headlines. In terms yes. of the timeline, you know, like troops leaving Afghanistan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Were you? being very predictive yes. or was it actually happening while you were writing? No, we wrote this before the election. We wrote it before our capital was, uh, you know, attacked. And we certainly wrote it before our troops left Afghanistan. But that's one of the, um, you know, one of the scenarios that I talked uh, to Louise about because I could tell once uh, Trump, the former president, um, decided to sign an agreement with the Taliban that said they were going to get out, we were going to get out, uh, by May 1st of 2021. It was just a matter of time. And it was not only a matter of time before our troops got out, it was a matter of time before the Taliban took over again. And with the Taliban al-Qaeda, and that was mm-hmm. what, because I, I had asked Hillary, what is what was your nightmare when you were Secretary of State? And she came up, sadly, with a number of them, which then became my nightmares. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, knowledge is not a good thing no, sometimes. No, no, sometimes. Ignorance, Ignorance is bliss. bliss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm normally quite blissful, but not anymore. And, and so I said, Hillary, just choose which one you want us to pursue. And she chose the nuclear option. And, but, but that, yeah, we went the nuclear option. She went nuclear. <laughs> um, but then I said, you know, obviously that's not a plot. That's yeah. a point. So how does it happen? And she said, this is how it happens. We're going to pull out of Afghanistan. The, uh, the Taliban is going to come rushing back in. And with them will come their military arm, Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda has connections with Pakistan, which is a nuclear power, and the Russian mob. And they get... Than uh, a, a dirty bomb. And I, I mean, that was terrifying to hear. But I think what is terrifying, whenever you read a book like this, you always think, oh, don't give people ideas. And, and, <laughs> and because because you have all this insider knowledge... No, you... but, I, but I have to tell you, I'm not giving them ideas. I would never do that. No. This has been, and that's why it was a nightmare, this has... It, this is actually in the public domain. I mean, you can Google terrorists and nuclear weapons. <laughs> They've been after nuclear material and the know-how for years. And it was a nightmare because I remember when I was a senator uh, representing New York, um, I had a briefing. And again, this is now all in the public domain. And one of the briefers uh, from the intelligence community comes in with a suitcase. And he said, you know, it is possible to now miniaturize and put a nuclear weapon into something this size. Here's the suitcase. So this is something that Everybody who is in, you know, the intelligence world or in the position I was in in diplomacy, we know and we have to constantly be vigilant and prevent the bad guys from getting it. Um, so the public may not have been as aware, but it's uh, unfortunately a reality. Hillary Rodham Clinton and Louise Penny, State of Terror is their new political thriller. And well, you did a lovely thing, I think, and the, you had a mutual friend and you yes, paid tribute to her yes, in the book. we yes. did. Well, that's how we ended up uh, meeting. Um, this uh, friend was my best friend since literally we were 11, 12 years old, and her name was Betsy. And during um, the presidential campaign, she gave an interview, and in the interview, the reporter said, well, so what do you and Hillary like to do together? And she rattled off some things but she did say we like to read and we talk about the books we read we recommend books so the reporter followed up and said so what are you reading now and thankfully we would not be sitting here graham she said we're reading the latest louise penny 
So when that article got published, Louise's um, publisher sent it to Louise, and you can take it from there. Well, and, and <laughs> when I regained consciousness, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'd like to meet Hillary's best friend. But, it's, you know, it's so strange. Don't you find in life it's often like that, that things are just so... Um, appear to be such coincidences. I mean, I, you, because you read Hillary, small c Catholic, you read everything and all the time. So if the question had been asked an hour later or an hour earlier, <laughs> you know, James Patterson could be sitting there. <laughs> Thank God. It was me. And, and so I got a chance to meet Betsy. We immediately clicked. As, as Hillary has described her, she had a gift for friendship, as you can tell, I hope, from the book. Yeah. Um, and then through... Then, then Hillary, actually, my husband died two weeks after I came back from tour. And Hillary wrote the most beautiful letter of condolence. It was just, I mean, you know, the experience was shattering. And it was very healing to read letters of condolence, never mind from someone who should have been the president of the United States. And she wrote to a Canadian who can't vote, a woman she'd never met, about a man she'd never met. It was an act of such pure altruism um, that I'd always respected Hillary as a professionally, but I certainly fell in love with her then personally and then got a chance to meet Hillary, um, in February, right, with Betsy. Mm -hmm. We came to Chappaqua. Mm -hmm. And they said, do you want to come to Chappaqua for a night? And I'm thinking, yeah, that would be nice. I mean, I can sort of hold it together and not say anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, a night. And then Hillary ex expanded it to two nights. I thought, now, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> but we just, and because we were two women of a certain age who understood loss and grief, yeah. and we connected at that level. And also, isn't there something about, like, having old, when, as you get older, I think, having old friends is lovely, mm -hmm. but also you don't expect to meet new friends. Yes. And it's a lovely thing. I think it is absolutely um, one of the best parts of my uh, life over the last, you know, 25, 30 years is I've met so many interesting people. And you're, you're right. I actually have friends, and I know people who say, I, I don't make any more friends. You know, I, I'm not doing I'm not taking the risk of getting to know somebody that may not turn out to be what I think. dance card is full. dance card is full. And, and I, I think, wow, what are you missing? And so for me, yeah, I keep my my longtime friends, and I'm grateful beyond words for them. But I love meeting new people. Yeah, and now in the the plotting of this book, so the, technically, how did you come? To, how did you manage to do it? So you had your outline, right. Where you come up with this plot? Did that change, or did that stay fairly rigid? It stayed fairly, um, uh, yeah, rigid. Um, um, Chris, there's a difference between a 19 page outline and a 500 page <laughs> book. Yes. So what it did allow for was a whole lot of extrapolation. So new characters emerged. The characters uh, that we described were fleshed out. Uh, new scenes, obviously, were were added. But the the writing the outline proved to us that we could write together. Mm -hmm. And what it was was an act of trust. And were you nervous of people reading this book? Because obviously, people are reading this book looking for recognizable figures oh, and you people think we so. know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and, you know, Did you and, find and, yourself in it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. That's, that's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. And actually, there's going to be a sequel, isn't there? Oh, I don't know yet. I mean, seriously, literally, we haven't had a moment to think about it, but we've asked. We've been asked that all the time, and you know, part of the fun of it was, yes, you said rip from the headlines, but also taking what had been happening in the headlines, but also looking kind of at the trend lines. You know, who are these people? And they're all fictional characters. I will certainly, you know, say that. But <laughs> they have characteristics of yeah. real people, people that we know, people we have observed. And 
I think that's what makes it so much fun. I mean, we're getting tremendous positive feedback because some people, you know, read it and say, oh, my gosh, it's I've never read a political thriller that's like a a, a woman's buddy story. It has I mean, Spanx in it. Yeah, it yes. has Spanx in it, right. And, <laughs> and, and you look how it's spelt with an X and not and flannel moose pajamas. Oh, will you stop with those pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> Since I wore them once. <laughs> Granted, it was to an evening. Yeah. True, a true Canadian. <laughs> that's formal wear in Canada. <laughs> but that's what, that, you can tell, we had a wonderfully fun time writing it. And, and part of the fun came from me discovering fiction. I mean, it was liberating, Graham. I mean, when, when I think about, how do I talk to people about you know, terrorists and about the domestic terrorists in my own country who are literally trying to overthrow my government. Uh, how do we talk about that? Well, if I'd written yet another nonfiction book or I'd given another speech, you know, it's like eat your spinach, people. Pay attention. <laughs> we have a serious threat to our democracy. Yeah. Whereas, you know, teaming up and collaborating with Louise was exhilarating because Okay, people will read it for, you know, the, the bombs going off or for the, you know, characters, but also, you know, it's a cautionary tale. It Very is. It's really the Very other much. thing I liked about yeah. it, and it was stupid of me not to know this, was that you kind of think if everyone's on, if you're on one side, if you're all in one party, you will all kind of get on because mm. you have the same ideology, but actually you can hate people and have the same opinions. Yes. Right, right, exactly. Yes. And we wanted these characters to be um, believable, recognizable, so that they're not, as you said, they're not cardboard cutouts they're not one dimensional they have a multitude of of opinions and they're especially the women characters are vulnerable they have their doubts they're not the super women that you mm -hmm. often see mm -hmm. or the victim mm -hmm. that you often see in in thrillers but now you you say oh we haven't talked about a sequel but the end the terrifying end mm. is <laughs> it, it does it does suggest that you yeah. you are thinking yeah. tippy tappy fight fingers will <laughs> <laughs> well, that may happen, and and I, you know, that's something we we would have to talk about and decide. But again, you know, the, Louise has something beautiful in her acknowledgments that I absolutely love, and and she says, "Look, this is a book about terror, but it's also about love and courage." And when I read a thriller, and I've read many many of them, I you know I I enjoy the escapism and all of that. But the characters are often, as she said, kind of, you know, formulaic. And so all of a sudden, what we wanted to do, and it was a big risk because we wanted women to be the protagonists of a really scary global threat thriller, and we wanted to develop the other characters so they would live. And, and that's something yeah. that, you know, if, if, if your listeners have not yet uh, encountered uh, Louise's characters in her Gamache series set in Quebec, that's what she does. You you keep going back to them because you want to know what happens next. So that's such a you're such a generous you know seriously well that's it such is a generous it's true thank you for that and, and as a Canadian because it struck me because this book is so in the heart of of, of the United States as a Canadian <laughs> what was that like getting that know, insight I think it sort of helps a little bit to have that to, to be separated mm -hmm. so I can I can watch with a little bit perhaps clearer eye than than someone who's imbued in it all the time um, so Hillary and I both were able to bring those two different 
perspectives. But I think one of the reasons I'm, this seems to be resonating worldwide is that while the politics, which is clearly one of the main streams in this, um, is important, it's really about human nature and human beings. And we're all, au fond, you know, at our, at our heart, mm-hmm. the same. And we have the same human reactions to things. So that is, I think, mm-hmm. why it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, even a Canadian can get that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're, the, you're number one in the New York Times bestsellers. Yes. 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 So, well, and also in Canada. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, yes. And soon here. Soon oh, here. Let's with your, let's with help. your help. Thank you, Graham. <laughs> out now, you're going to you know. buy 10,000 copies. Out now. <laughs> <laughs> Harbach. And it strikes me that this book in lockdown, because I can't imagine, I, I, neither of you seem like women who like to sit still and stare at a wall. Yeah, we could not have written this, we don't believe, unless we were locked in our houses. <laughs> separately. Separately. Separately, yes. Yeah. And then, but, you know, that was a good point you made. That's yeah. exactly yeah. right, because we yeah. do move around a lot. Yeah. Only a pandemic exactly. would allow us to focus. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then we did it virtually. I mean, we were FaceTiming and, and obviously phone calling and exchanging, you know, drafts and editing and all of that went with it. Um, and, and it was so much fun for me because, you know, I used to read about uh, fiction writers like Louise, and they would be asked by somebody like you, well, did you know what was going to happen at the end? And oftentimes the response would be, no, I, got, I started writing. I had no idea. And I thought, that's ridiculous, of course. <laughs> And here we are. I know. I used to when I used to interview writers before I wrote fiction. I used to roll my eyes at that. <laughs> Not anymore. And then you're like, oh no, that does happen. Uh, uh, ladies, we are out of time. Oh. We must release you back into oh, the wild. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to spend time with you. The uh, book is called State of Terror. It's a terrific, twisty, turny political thriller, and it's out now in hardback. Thank you so much for coming in to you. see us. Take, Take care. care. Ding ding. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You are glowing. Oh, you're very kind. You are. I'm you're looking good, feeling toasty. good. I am feeling good. Toasty. It's an internal <laughs> little heater, isn't it? It is a little bit. Internal heater and then outside soup. <laughs> soup making yes. is a, quite the combination. I bet it is. Yeah. But you wear it well. Talk to us about what we're having today. So today we've got a carrot and lentil soup mm. with za'atar, toasted flatbreads and some chilli oil. So za'atar... I mean, obviously, I'm super fancy, so I know what that is. But if anyone doesn't... <laughs> it is a lovely spice blend full of sesame seeds, herbs, a bit of sumac. So it's got a little bit of a tang to it, but it's very herby. And it works really well. Either it doesn't need to be cooked, so it can be a nice topping, mm-hmm. or you can work it into dishes to add layers of flavour. It's a really good little kind of catch-all. <laughs> yes. Okay. There's not much that won't be improved. The little... <laughs> with a little <laughs> salt bay yeah. moment, but with za'atar instead of salt. Um, Lentils and carrot. I mean, I love a carrot soup. Mm. I don't know that I'd jump out of bed in the morning for it. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's a really good winter warmer kind of soup, isn't it? It's a good fill your freezer. Yeah. I was thinking as I was making it, I was like, I should have made a double batch. batch <laughs> I should be filling my freezer. That's what TikTok's all about, apparently. <laughs> um, but the lentils are really good here because they kind of add the texture to the soup to make it nice and thick and okay. unctuous. And they also add that kind of earthy flavour. I know. 
what other context could I use that word in my <laughs> I'm literally writing it down too underused unctuous I usually I mean I tend to use anxious quite a lot but unctuous feels I'm feeling juicier. a little unctuous today <laughs> yeah. um, okay so the lentils make it creamy right Without yeah they add the texture cream. and then they have that kind of earthy kind of slightly peppery flavour okay. which works really nicely with the carrots lush okay so this is presumably the very best carrot and lentil soup do you know what this isn't actually one Rude. of the best one of the best recipes I'm sorry he's to gone one week and she's bringing me the second best <laughs> this is from the weekend flavours section okay. of weekend <laughs> fine we'll take it we'll take it that soup was unctuous Martha oh I'm pleased absolutely delicious I think my mum would say there's eating and drinking in that soup <laughs> You yes. know, it's a thick one. It's both. It is a thick one. Delish. I was going to ask how you feel about a thick soup or even a chunky soup because some people were like, I don't mind a thick soup, but when it's got like the pieces, yeah. people are not fans. Well, okay. I would say it's broth with bits mm. or it's thick. Yes. I don't want a thing that looks like it might be a stew. It doesn't know if it's a soup or a stew. Pick a lane, you know yeah, what I mean? I'm exactly. that kind of gal. If it's got noodles and nice things in it, I'm happy for Fine it to with be bitty. It. Yeah. But the base then needs to be a bit more liquidy. Mm, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. A bit lighter. But this is not light. It no. is thick. This is a hearty soup. It's and to be hearty. fair, you can always add water to a thick soup yeah. to make it a little bit lighter if you want to do it as like a starter or something rather than as like a big lunchtime treat. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you add water or do you add stock? I mean, I would. I make the soup with stock, okay. but then when I'm reheating it, I feel like no one's got time to faff about with the stock heat at that point. So a little, a little dash of water it's won't. It's not going to kill the harm. No. Okay. So talk us through how do, how do we make this? So you're going to start with your lentils. You want to take 150 grams of lentils and just cook them. They take about 15 minutes. So boil them in some water until they're nicely cooked. So we're not doing a tin. And then drain. I mean, I feel like you could do a tin. The recipe opts for dried, but because they don't only take 15 minutes and in that time you've you're chopping, you're doing There's other work stuff. work to be done. It doesn't kind of bother me too much. Okay. Then you want to be chopping up a big onion and 500 grams of carrots. You don't need to peel them. You can just give them a really good scrub, chop off the top and the tail, and then chop them nicely. And I, the thing I love about making soups is you don't need to chop neatly. Mm -hmm. It's actually quite freeing when you're just like, the onions don't Bashing. need to be diced properly. Mm -hmm. The carrots don't need to be all the same size. They can just be yeah. <laughs> nice chunks. Love then it. they go, we're using some chilli oils. We've got the Cook's Ingredients chilli oil. We're going to fry off the onion and the carrot in the chilli oil for about 15 minutes whilst the lentils are cooking. Okay. Then we're adding in some fennel seeds, some garlic cloves, which again, and you don't need to be super finely chopped either. That gets stirred together until it's lovely and fragrant. Then we're adding in vegetable stock, a can of tomatoes, mm. some sun-dried tomato paste. So there's a couple of really big hitters in here. You've got I, the chilli oil. I did not detect tomatoes. What's wrong with me? I'm and going again. <laughs> she's, she's, got the sec she's onto the second bowl. Um, so yeah, it's got the sun-dried tomato paste. It's got a bit of za'atar in there as well. Then we're putting in some coriander. So we're layering that all together. Then you want to simmer that. Add your lentils as well at this point. Simmer that for about 25 minutes until the carrots are lovely and soft. Then you take it into your hand blender. You can either use the one that you stick into the dish mm -hmm. and do the kind of pulsing, or you can pour it all into a blender. Give it a really good mix till it's nice and smooth. Yeah. And then you can either serve it straight away or you can chill it or freeze it. It says as a little cook's tip on the recipe that actually things like this, when they've got lots of spices, when you let them sit for a couple of days or you freeze it, they actually mature and they mm. kind of become a bit more intense. So it might be a good one to make as a bulk. Well, especially pack. with um, the tomatoes in there, right? Because mm. I feel like tomatoes are better when they like live for a few days. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's like bolognese, like lasagna, everything like that. You want it 
the next day, really. Yeah, not once it's not off. hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit too long. <laughs> no, but it is absolutely delicious. And then the little flatbreads. Yeah, these are the Levantine Table roasted garlic flatbreads. Nice and simple. Just had to open a packet and warm them Fabulous. up. Fabulous. I'm like, we're not doing these from scratch, are we? Don't, we don't have no. time for this today, Martha. <laughs> okay, brilliant. I love it. Uh, waitrose.com forward slash show chef is where you will find all of those recipes or on social media, Virgin Radio UK. Thank you so much. You Martha. are very welcome. See you really soon. See you tomorrow. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word I word I. Word up, our competition is back. Your chance to win a Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box, including a reusable drinks cup, a Waitrose Brute Champagne number one, salted caramel truffles and balsamic vinegar, which in fairness you're going to need tomorrow for Sunday lunch. We have got a caller on the line. It is Simon in Chandlersford, Hampshire. Good morning, Angela. Good morning to you, Simon. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very excited for a couple of reasons. Go on, hit me with the first one. Well, getting through and speaking to you, that's great. It is um, exciting, I know. Taking my son out to the West End this evening to go and see the Stranger Things show, The First Shadow. Oh, fabulous. Okay, so I'm assuming you're a big Stranger Things fan. I I have to admit straight off, I haven't really watched, but I know it's it's a big thing. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm a big fan, but my son is absolutely obsessive about it. Oh, so he's fabulous. so excited. It'll so be it's great. quite a sophisticated lad's night out, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, he's nearly 18, so uh, yeah, he'll be good. Gorgeous. So are you going for a bit of grub beforehand or a little? No, nearly 18. Yeah. I was going to say a pint. It yeah. might not be appropriate. Yeah, we're, we're popping into the hard rock cat first. Lovely. Lovely. It's his choice. Great, okay. It's his Christmas present. Oh, that's... I like an experiential Christmas present. He sounds like a good lad. Well done, Simon. He's an amazing guy. Oh, good. Okay, do you think he'll be into these truffles? Or is he more of a balsamic vinegar kind of guy? Uh... Fine, okay. Well, shall we play the clip for you one more time, Simon? Yes, please. Do you feel like you need that? Are you confident? It's a confident guess. It's a confident guess. Okay, the best kind. Right, let's hear this again. I don't do enough acting and I'm grateful for being a personality, but I really want to be an actress. I want to move and surprise people and show them what life is like through another person's eyes, which is what you do when you're acting. Okay, that was Miriam Margulies. Simon, do you want to give me a a go? Yes. Go for it. Tell us, what is the missing word? Life. Is it life? I don't do enough acting and I'm grateful for being a personality, but I really want to be an actress. I want to move and surprise people and show them what life is like through another person's eyes, which is what you do when you're acting. Glorious. Well done, Simon. You've won it. You've won the prize. This is a great Saturday all round, isn't it? Best ever. <laughs> Best ever. Thank you so much for chatting to us, Simon. Have a gorgeous uh, evening with your son. What's his name? Do you want to give him a shout out? Yes, it's Tom. 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 Okay. Well, Simon and Tom, have a gorgeous evening. Um, lads night out, yeah? Thank you. Lovely to talk with you. You too, Simon. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. 
thank you so much for listening to me, Angela Scanlon, on the Graham Norton radio show with Waitrose. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions too. Chat to you soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.